Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. <laughs> right away, tongue <laughs> popping and all. <laughs> My vocal warm-ups. Hello, our little snack pack. My name is Brian. Hi, little snackers. I'm Shane. And you are listening to Fruit Snacks. So this week, um, we are recording from New Jersey, <laughs> just like last episode. New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey. Ugh, like the housewives. They were my favorite for a while. They actually got me into the housewives. New Jersey housewives? Yeah, no, I hate them. Well, because... No, I hate them. You hate them now. Well, I mean, I, they just don't do it for me. But the reason I got into them is because Teresa Judice was, like, flipping tables. Yeah. On the, literally, that was the episode that I, like, first ever saw right. Housewives on. And I was like, oh, my God. And they used to be so volatile to each other. They're, like, nasty to each other. Yeah. yeah. But it but makes I good loved TV. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now I don't know who they are. My favorite, it's like a whole different cast. My favorite housewives are I could. That's the one that I like. Literally couldn't get into, but I don't know why that is. Um, I love New York, but th- that mm, took a while. Never watched it. And then um, Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hills. But I used to love Orange County, but now like no. I just watch uh-uh. part of the most current season. And I almost feel like it's they like mess. try to fabricate oh, drama. It's so scripted. Not even I mean, scripted, but in the sense of like making stuff dramatic yeah. just for the sense of like trying to make some sort of storyline stick. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nah. Yeah, I'm not here for it, but Beverly Hills are my girls. So, um, we're not going to do a fruit roll-up this time because we kind of been hanging out, so it wouldn't feel authentic to, like, catch up on Mike. Um, so, Shane, I think you said you have a little something-something. Yeah, I think this is, like, a good way to start because it's going to get me all boiled up. (laughs) Um, so we're going to start with a fruit fly. Fruit fly, don't bother me. Yeah, get the fuck off my plane. So this is basically just, like, an experience that I or we have had on, um, flights, being flight attendants. Um, so... And I'm a first-time listener to you guys, or for you guys... With you guys. Oh, my God. My brain is gone. I'm a first-time listener with you guys as well. So I haven't heard this story Shane's about to share with us. And it might not even sound like that big of a deal, but it's just so degrading. And that's Mm. what bothers me. Okay, so you know that, like, one of the reasons that um, being a flight attendant is so annoying to me is because we have to deal with people who Uh are just, like, they act so dumb or, like, they just act out on planes because... They get away with it. Yeah. Just that entitledness. And yeah. I feel like with your airline, that probably happens a lot. Yeah. So we're on this flight and um, I guess the other flight attendants had had this issue with this woman, but I wasn't in the back with them. So mm-hmm. I didn't know that this was happening. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, where were you going and where were you coming from? Um, I think we were flying home to New York. Uh Actually, I don't remember. Okay. I don't know what flight it was. I'm just trying to get the deets. Oh, I want it was all like, the deets. It was like amidst a, um, a three-day, so we were kind of all over the place. Okay. Um, so they had already had issues, but like I didn't know this. Uh-huh. And, um, oh, we were flying to Atlanta. That's where we were flying to. From we were, New York? Um, uh-uh. Uh, I don't remember where we were at. Oh, Portland. It was Portland to Atlanta. Really? And you had issues? Because every time I fly in or out of Portland, those people are so sweet. In all fairness, this bitch was flying down to Florida. That was her final stop. Oh, see, you can't fuck with Florida. (laughs) No offense to generalize, but Florida bitches are crazy. No, I'm generalizing the fuck out of Florida. You know Florida's crazy because that's where bath salts, that whole Mm. incident, and Mm -hmm. like... All you know, like she's all going to like crazy. Jackson, Jackson yep. Hole, mm-hmm. yeah, so, yep, Jackson Hole, I, Jacksonville, I don't whatever, know which one it whatever is. it is, but yes, mm-hmm. makes complete sense, <laughs> right? So I'm actually happy you help me remember that because that is an important part. See, there it is. Um, so <clears throat> we're doing service, uh huh, and we have the cart in the aisle, and she starts asking for a lot, of course, but that's like not n- completely that's uncommon, yeah. yeah. Um. So as I'm pushing the cart away, she stops me and she's like, is there a coffee cup under my seat? And I was like, uh, and I like kind of bent over and I was like, no, I don't see anything. And she's like, are you sure there was a coffee cup under my seat? And in my head, I'm like, okay, well then you should have gotten it. Yeah. <laughs> like if you knew it was under there. So I literally get, I like put my knees on the ground and I like look under her seat and I'm like, oh yeah, there's a coffee cup down here. So I start to get, it was just a paper cup. Uh-huh. And she goes... Oh, it's not even mine. I just wanted to see how how much you would do for me. 
You're lying. I swear. You to God. are lying. I swear Shane. to God. What? What that was her fuck, and she started giggling as if it was just funny that I was literally oh, on bitch. my hands and knees getting this dirty coffee cup that wasn't hers. Are you joking me? Like what? What is Wild. the reason for that? Wild. I literally. Oh, went. bitch. So be- we were. She was in the back of the plane. Of course she was. And <laughs> <laughs> I like sitting in the back. And the, so, the stigma of being in the back of the plane is that you did you can't afford the front. <laughs> yeah, even though it like literally doesn't have to do with that. Nothing. Anyways, um, so because she's in the back, the reason I bring up her being in the back is because we were done with service at that right. point. So we pushed the cart back, and we were on a seven three. So you know, like the galley back there, the bathrooms are in front of the galley. Uh-huh. So we're able to close a curtain, yeah. and nobody comes back there unless right. they really need something. So I closed it, and I like turned around and I was like, I need a second. And my crewmates were like, why? What happened? And I was like, just give me one second. Because I was like, I wasn't about to cry, but I was so overwhelmed. I was shaking with anger. Um, and finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to vent for a second. And I was like, you guys don't even have to respond, but just let me get this out because oh, I have to say it before God. I blow up on a passenger. So I told them what had happened. And they were like, you're fucking kidding yeah, me. They were like, you need to ridiculous. report that. That's like harassment to make Completely. you get on the floor and then be like, I just wanted. I think she said. I wanted to see how far you would go for your customer or something like that. Like how much you would do for your customer. Yeah. And um and my other flight attendant like crew was like, could you imagine if a guy made a girl do that? Completely. Like how degrading that would be. And Completely. she was like, That's why I think you should write it up because she's like, although it's the like role reversal, she's like, That's still like so un- inappropriate for someone to do yeah, that. Yeah, gender regardless of gender, like that brings up a good point to it but regardless mm-hmm. of that that's some fucked up shit yes so it wasn't her cup then i'm like touching this like dirty coffee cup and then like she ended up being so weird the rest of the flight where my my flight leader ended up writing her up anyways oh really yeah because she came up with the guys she was traveling with and they were trying to go into the front galley um or the front like the first class bathroom together which makes no sense because if you're in the back there's literally a bathroom right. right behind you yeah and my a was like you can't or my flight leader was like you can't use the bathroom together yeah and she's like well he's my medical assist and he was like ma'am if you if if you had a medical assist i would have that on my paperwork we don't have yeah. anything i can't allow two bath two adults to go into the bathroom together and um she was like getting all crazy and he was like babe it's okay like we just can't go in and so my then flight clearly leader was like so that you didn't need him. it yeah. yeah um and then she started like ringing her call light oh, and like having us come out for the dumbest things. But during service, she was like, I don't want anything to drink. I uh-huh. want five cookies uh-huh. or like, I want as many cookies as you'll give me. So I literally gave her five. Cause I was like, let me just like give her what she like, wants. Exactly. So I don't have to deal with her. Cause you know, like that kind of person, if you push back in yeah. any way, yeah. be like what? Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, that happens so often. So literally like five minutes after service ends, she rings her call light for three drinks. So she sends my crewmates back Bitch. to get her drinks. I am to get so her mad right now. So then, so then they bring her her drinks. I'm so mad. And, <laughs> and as we pull out the the trash cart, uh huh. Five minutes after she has three drinks, she um she had rung her bell already. Bitch. And I was like, I'm not gonna go out there until we're passing by her, yeah. so that I can say like I don't have anything with me, but I'll get it afterwards. So we're like bringing it out, and she's like can I get a vodka? Or she said, um, I forgot what brand of vodka she said. And I was like, we don't have that. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Shop. Yeah. Like something dumb. And I was like, we don't have that. And she was like, okay, well I'll take whatever I had before. Like the vodka that you guys gave me. And I was like, okay, you just have to give us a minute. Cause we have to get through with this. And she's like, well, that's what they told me 45 minutes ago. And I'm still waiting. And I was like, okay. So I looked at my crewmate on the other side of the cart and I was like, can you please go grab a vodka? And I was like, how would you like that? Um, because I hate when people just request for something, but they don't tell you how like, they want it. with Coke or something. And then you Do you want a mixer? Vodka. Do you yeah. want ice? Do exactly. you just want it like as it is? <laughs> and I was like, well, how would you like it? And she's like, um, I'm a 45-year-old woman. I don't think that that I should be questioned in terms of how much alcohol I can hold. And I was like, ma'am, nobody is denying you alcohol. Yeah. I'm asking you how you want to drink your alcohol. She's just trying to trying get Trying to get anything, yeah. Um, oh, my God. It was so annoying. But... She's what, a forty-five really? year old woman, forty-something-year-old woman, and then see, I see when this I coming char- from someone who's like a twenty-three-year-old no, punk. No, so then when I went to go charge her, I was like, okay, well that's nine dollars, and she pulls out this envelope 
And as she opens the envelope, there are like um, wads of like hundreds and twenties, like stacked together, uh-huh. um, where they're like tied around, like a yeah, <clears throat> like yeah, at the yeah. bank like a roll. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, no, not a roll. Like you know when you go to the bank and it'll have like the paper around the, the oh, stacks like of bands. bills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so she had that, and she had all these cards, and then these like handwritten like um, like little snippets of paper and stuff. It was like so weird. And then she pulled out. Florida. She finally found a card. It's Florida. Yeah, so Florida. <laughs> um, but it was like such a strange encounter. And all I could think in my head was like, this is a great fruit fly story. Because the fact <laughs> that this bitch had me on my hands and knees <laughs> just to see how much I would do for her put me beside myself. And I wanted to be able to like open the plane door and throw her ass throw out at 30,000 feet out. in the air. Um, it's funny because when people, <laughs> you're better than me. I would not even have gotten on the ground. I would have been like, Oh, it's okay. Like if she's like, "Oh, there's a coffee cup under my gra- under my seat," I'd be like, "Oh, do you do you need it? Like, are you gonna drink well, out the, of it?" And if yeah. she would be like, "No," or whatever, I'd be like, "Okay, we'll just leave it. We'll get it later." I think the way that she was saying it made it sound like she needed a it reusable cup. Oh, I like see. she had brought it with her and it got knocked under. Because I know that like you don't have a whole lot of leg space, right. so shit gets knocked under seats. And like, if you had if you had knocked your reusable coffee cup that you were gonna drink right. out of on the plane, I would have gotten it for you. And that's kind of how she made it seem. And it was just this, like, old paper coffee cup. It's so weird to me. Like, you almost feel bad for people like that. Because, like, what in your life that you have no control over that mm-hmm. you feel like you need to control these kinds of situations mm-hmm. and be, like, a complete asshole? Yeah. I was livid. Livid. Girl. And I told my crewmate, I was like, I I personally cannot, like, go and handle her anymore the rest of this yeah. fight after that. Because... Yeah. It's not going to be like yeah. a cute situation. Yeah. And I'll end up on CNN. <laughs> um, Male flight attendant, beat the bitch, <laughs> beat this bitch in the back. Um, but my crewmates never went out and took care of her by themselves. They always went together. Uh, and they were they were like that way. She can't try to pull any totally. like. Oh well, this happened with her. Right. Um, but yeah, that's my fruit fly story. That I'm dead. Yeah, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> so mad i'm still so mad the stuff people pull i swear man it really blows my mind yeah. blows my mind and the thing is is that like i don't even know where they come from <laughs> like florida true from florida. true 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 um yeah i know well, i don't I'm know sorry. where people get off being like that so don't you ever fucking do that snack pack yeah don't ever do that never I don't think that people like that's that's very uncommon. Mm-hmm. Like people are dicks, but like in passive aggressive, subtle ways. Yeah. Which I could somewhat understand because like traveling is stressful, but right. that's fucked up. Yeah, she was just being a mess. So that's that. Well damn, I'm so sorry. That's okay. But I know the pain. I finally was able to contribute to Fruit Fly because of her. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's great about those situations is that literally once you're done, you're like once you get off the plane, you honestly forget about it and it's not even an issue anymore. That one took me a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's funny, too, though, because, like, when I encounter people like that, um, I'm, like, when we get to our service, I'm, like, I'm sorry, I have to fold trash bags. Because that gives you, <laughs> like, a duty where you're not yeah. just, like, sitting there, but then, like, you don't have to really go back out and you're, like, uh-huh. helping the team. And, like, I'm so sorry, guys, but I really need a second. Like, don't yeah. anybody bother me. Yeah. yeah. My, my crewmate actually gave me a hug. Oh, because she, she was like she could see I was visibly like shaking right I, I was so mad and she was like what do you need right now and she's this like old senior mama Aww. like just the sweetest she's from the midwest and she was like do you want a hug I can hug you <laughs> and I was like at first I didn't say no and then I was like you know what Linda I'll Linda! hug you yeah. yes, Linda! I was like you can give me a hug and she gave me a hug she's like I get it sweetie she's like don't you let that bother you she was sweet um yeah, that's that's really annoying. Yeah, I feel like I have so much to say about this whole situation, but it literally will turn into an entire episode, <laughs> an, entire episode. an entire episode of like how you want to cut a bitch. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, great. Was there anything else you wanted to add to that? Uh-uh, uh-uh. I'll get myself fired. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, I guess we can move right into fresh fruit, which is yeah. the meat of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um. So fresh fruit is just kind of like ideas we want to talk about. And so um, I felt like it would be a great opportunity to talk about religion. Uh, <laughs> the gates of heaven opening up. So I guess let's start with like saying where our viewpoint is. Um, so people know where we're coming from as far as like our religious standpoint. So did you grow up at all in religion? Yeah. I, um, yes and no. Like I went to a public grade school. 
Uh-huh. But I went to weekly religious classes. It was called okay. CCD. Mm-hmm. Still can't tell you what that stands for. Yeah. Um, and I did that like every Monday. I was baptized. I was confirmed. Like mm-hmm. all that good stuff. I made my communion. Um, this is Catholic. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up going to a Catholic high school, but that's only because <clears throat> my town was too small to have its own high school. So we shared with the surrounding towns. Uh-huh. And at the time, the high school that all of our towns shared was ranked one of the worst in the nation. I see. And my parents were like, well, we can either move and move to a new town where like you guys can all go to public high school or we can stay in this house and pay less money and send you guys to a private school. Yeah. So they sent us to a private school, which ended up being a Catholic school. Um, which like I ended up going with, you know, one of my best friends from grade school. Um, so like it kind of worked out, but, um, that was really the only reason that I went to a Catholic high school. It wasn't like for any religious reasons. Like your parents weren't like, we need to get. Yeah, no. But of course they felt better about us going to a Catholic high school. Um, but that was my first time, like really on a daily basis being exposed to religion all the time. Sure. Like that consistently where we would like pray before every class and oh, like wow. at the start of our days, like over the intercom, we would do like the pledge of allegiance and a prayer. I see. Um, so like that was kind of a really, um, eye opening experience looking back. Yeah. Like seeing how, um, uh, like militant religion can be, right. you know, where like, it was totally like put your hands at your side and let's see how long your skirt is kind of thing. I see. You know, um, like stuff that really doesn't have anything to do with being a human being. No, not at all. <laughs> but it was it was also like cool to go to a smaller high school where like I knew everybody I right. was in school with. Right. You know, um, so it had its pros and its cons, and um, that was kind of my exposure to religion growing up. And after that, were you religious at all after graduating high school? Uh-uh. No. The second I went out to Long Beach, uh-huh. um, I, so actually shortly after moving out to Long Beach is when Prop 8 started becoming an issue. I see. And it was the first time that religion was being thrown in my face. And uh-huh. just to bring everybody like on the same page as us, Prop 8 was a proposition on the ballot, on the voting ballot in 2008. Eight or two thousand nine, so. yeah, with um, Obama, yeah, uh, that dealt with gay marriage, um, and the biggest proponents against it um, were people tied to religion. Yeah, who were well, saying, I think I think part of Prop Eight, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what it was saying is that churches had to marry. Gay I people. think that's what people tried arguing, but it. Well, I th- well, I think that's why people were against it. I don't know if it was yeah. necessarily against gay religion or gay religion, <laughs> gay marriage. But I think that was like. Could you the- imagine a gay religion? <laughs> so fierce. Who would be our god? Yeah. Oh. Um, some probably some like female pop, pop star. star. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that's what the big hang up with a lot of people were was that it wasn't about getting married as much as like getting married in a church. Yeah, but there are but the the funny thing about that is there are churches that would have married gay people right. and like but my biggest argument against like, it is like I wouldn't want to get married in a church that didn't want to marry me. But you're also speaking on your truth, right? I Some guess. gay people might have wanted that. So you can't just like But I don't say know that, that the law would have made I mean the the churches don't even pay taxes, so I don't think the government can tell them that they have to marry people. See, it would the, have been more like right. um like if they if a gay couple had gone into a um, like a courthouse. They would have had to have been married under the law by the courthouse because that's like a a, a government right. agency, which you know? but which I don't think makes sense. Church. But th- that's what I'm saying is Prop Eight. I think was a blanket thing mm-hmm. where everyone had to allow it, rather than saying like, yeah, if a church doesn't want to, it's their own personal priority. Or we'll look it up as we talk. But yeah. anyways, that was and as you that was the first time that up, like yeah. um, that religion had been thrown in my face. So, oh, also to, like, pinpoint why this was so um, important or vital to me at the time is I had come out the day before I turned 18, Uh and I moved away to Long Beach a month later. Yeah. And I remember when I came out, I had only come out to my mom, my mom and my girlfriend, um, who we talked about in the last episode. But I had come out to my mom, and when I did, she was supportive, and now she, like, loves it. But she was supportive, but also reserved because she was nervous, especially knowing that I was moving away and I was like just coming out and she she couldn't really like protect me in any sense. Because I think Um, people's natural idea of what gay is like, oh, you're going to get AIDS and mm -hmm. die. (laughs) Totally. Especially Um, since like she comes from more of that generation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And she had kind of 
proposed the idea of like maybe you maybe you should like take this time to like really dive into that and see if it's what you want to do and which of course like i knew i wanted to come out and like be gay right. and like be confident but she's just um, being the protective mother yeah, of course. yeah. it like, wasn't like anything me- right. like negative or like her trying to hold me back but she's like take it one step at a time kind of thing right. um so when i had like moved to long beach i was like yeah i want to i want to explore what this is and i was still kind of reserved i right like how you had mentioned last episode i wasn't like yeah i'm gay i was kind of like oh like, Let's, I'm kind of yeah. figuring it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, like, even when you first come out as gay, it's, like, hard to admit it. So you yeah. don't really want to dabble into gay things uh-huh. until you really just decide to, and then you get uber gay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I was kind of amidst, like, really finding myself and finding the confidence in being a gay man. And this... What does this have to do with religion? So during the time that I was trying to find that confidence... Is when all this All of a sudden, this church that I had literally been not raised in, because we didn't go... I almost said we didn't go religiously, but like we didn't, we weren't like you a weren't religious like a family, frequenter, yeah. But I had grown up within the Catholic Church in terms of the sacraments and yeah, like yeah, going yeah, to yeah. Catholic high school, and now all of a sudden this place that I had become so familiar with was being thrown in my face as right. like you shouldn't be that way because of right. it's you like know getting kicked out of your own home. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why that was like such a vital like piece of information is because I was like amidst so much change and transformation right. in my life. And all of a sudden this like familiarity was like, well, you, you can't have that. Right. You know? Right. Um, um, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So that was more of like my upbringing. Right. And then I'll dive more into like where I'm at later, but you can talk about your Um, so my upbringing is my dad was always extremely religious. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that. Actually. Yeah. He's like, he was always like in the church actively. Um, and then through that, I would, he would always like, he wouldn't necessarily force us to go to church, but he would always like, once we were old enough to decide like high school age, he was like, yeah, come if you want. Cause I think he wanted us to choose it rather than forced upon us. Mm-hmm. But, um, I never really wanted to only because I thought it was boring and I wanted to sleep in <laughs> like it was church all like so early, so early. And it was all like, <laughs> you know, yeah. high school reasons of why you don't want to go to church. But yeah. then my friends that I was hanging out with, the friends that I were that I got close to, they wanted to go to church. So we started doing like church groups on Tuesday nights and that became fun because it wasn't necessarily like about religion as much as like, let's hang out, Uh you know? And, um, after each like little sermon that we would get together, they would like have games and food and stuff. So that's Uh what I look forward to rather than like the church itself. And it gave me a reason to not have to do homework, Mm -hmm. you know? So that was all that. But, um, yeah, I got baptized because I thought I had like a come to Jesus moment, and oh, you got baptized in, as like in a, like a conscious adult. Yeah, con- not not oh. like adult, but like high school. But that's, like, 16 like years I got old. baptized as a baby. I didn't really no, have that decision. I got. I chose to get baptized. So here's the thing. Um, I guess we can go into it. That's pretty much the end of my upbringing, okay. right? But this is this is my whole. Were you finished with the background? Of, yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. this is my thing with religion is that I feel like. Um, ultimately they're trying to sell a message Mm -hmm. and coming from like a communication based viewpoint now that I've like done that in college, we, we take a lot of deeper looks into, uh, the rhetoric of communication and how messages are effective, right? Like ethos, pathos, logos. Uh And after going through that, I was like, oh my God, religion and church uses these exact things, you know, Mm -hmm. like the preacher style of church or whatever. Yeah. Um, I remember being in Ibiza, Spain, because I lived <laughs> I lived in Germany for high school. And uh-huh. so when we would go on, like, field trips or, like, you know, getaways. <laughs> it's like a field trip to Ibiza. Literally. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It was a church. That's wild. I know. But that's what we did in high school. Like For church you went there? Listen, bitch. Oh, yes. my God. I'm so into this. No, but, like, even, like, in high school, like, say we would learn about, like, uh, world history. And, like, something happened in Paris or, like, Amsterdam or Auschwitz. Uh-huh. We would go to those places to look look at it, right? Right. Because that so crazy. like for us, that was like driving from like L.A. to San Diego. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was just that close or like L.A. to San Francisco, because uh-huh. um, where I lived in Germany, I was I think it was like a six hour drive to Paris. So yeah. we would like drive overnight and then spend the whole day there as a field trip and then come back that night. That's so cool um, to like learn about the Mona Lisa at the Louvre and stuff like that. So uh-huh. that was a great experience. But um, one of the church retreats was in Ibiza, Spain. And um, I remember we were like getting in a circle mm-hmm. to talk about things that we were going through. Yeah. And one of my really good friends, um, we don't really talk anymore, but Aaron, Aaron Pike was his name or is his name. Awesome guy. Amazing. Um, 
when he was in eighth grade, he got shot in the back by a hunting accident and became paralyzed waist down. That is so degrassing. Totally. He Drake. Drake. (laughs) But um, in this moment, we were like um, talking about our problems and like this, like in like a close. After he was shot. This is after. after he okay. was in eighth grade. This Now he was a senior. Oh, so he was 18. Okay. Yeah, I was okay. still a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were really good friends and sitting there listening to him tell a story and then started getting emotional. And like he it was just one of those moments where it was like a built up, pent up thing. And then yeah. the, 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 the church leader in that group that was with us was like, yeah, give it up to God. When his frustrations <sighs> were like because of lifelong struggle. Uh-huh. And I felt like he was capitalizing that. Granted, like, I think people go to God when they don't know what else to do. Totally. But in this moment, we were all just feeling a really emotional because we felt for his pain, right? There was, like, yeah. a lot of empathy in this circle. Mm-hmm. And we were crying and crying and crying. And then I was just like, oh, my God. And, like, I knew I couldn't fix that pain for him, mm-hmm. right? So the guy was like, God can. God will give you the strength, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Yeah like give it to god and then in that moment i was like i want to give my life to god when i really did not feel that way at oh all but i was like i'm i want to do whatever i can to help you as my friend you drank the juice i drank, drank the, the blood juice, of christ girl. herself the blood of christ was running through these veins yes and then he said oh that's a faggot i gotta get out <laughs> <laughs> no but um so then i like decided to get baptized but even after that night i was like why did i say that you know what i mean like it was like one of those times where like i felt like the situation kind of got taken advantage Uh of um and logically speaking i don't think that i would ever like i i get it sometimes like you don't know what to do to fix your problems so you're like oh oh my god i don't know where the answers are and like it's when you can't figure it out it's easy to just give it up to whatever and Mm -hmm. be like what will happen will happen and it gives you that mental you know block to be like we're good but in that moment i was like let me you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Let I, me give my life to Jesus. I can't remember, like, how much I've referenced him on this podcast, but um, the most emotional that I've gotten over religion recently was um, really listening, not just, like, listening, but actually paying attention to the words of Sam Smith's Pray uh-huh. in his new album. Um, and he basically talks about just that, where, like, when the world is literally falling apart and crumbling around you. Uh-huh what people do is they pray Mm -hmm. and he's not talking about like pray to the one God, like any particular God. It's like, we pray to this like higher power or the universe or even meditation. yeah, Yeah. You put it out in a way that you have to take it out of your body. Right. You have to like take, the overwhelming amount of like thoughts and emotions and you have to put it somewhere else. You got to put it in that like abstractually third, third mind place. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going through it, but the universe is going to take it away from you and, and bring it back as positive, you know, positive energy. Um, and I was actually like, I remember I was on the subway and I don't remember like what I was dealing with myself, but I, I remember I just started crying on the subway because I was really listening. Right. And I was like, Oh my God. Because I think of moments, like, even on, like, on planes, uh-huh. when I'm like, this is actually, like, really bad turbulence, or, like, this is really bad something. And you have I'm no like, control. Okay, just, and I'll start talking to, like, not even myself, but something, and I'm like, okay, just get me through this. Like, and, just yeah. help me, like, make sure that everybody here is okay, right. that, we you know, we make it safely. Right. Um, but I've definitely, like, found more of that. I feel like, like, a lot of millennials do. Yeah. Um, I've definitely found more of a spirituality. Right. Than a religion. Right. Um than any one religion that is. Um, And I have come to kind of pull ideologies from different religions to kind of piece them into a way that I want to see my life. You know, like I love that um, in Buddhism, they talk more about like energies, Uh like after you leave the the earth, um, as opposed to like becoming an angel kind of thing. You know, I like the idea that my body and my energy will continue on eternally in that sense. but, I mean, it's just, like, a 30-year journey right. at this point that's still so... It's just evolving so right. much. This is where kind of I'm at with, with religion. Um, I think this is what was the big realization for me. Because, you know, like, every religion kind of pitches that their religion is the one truth, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. Christianity is the way to go. Catholicism is it. You know, mm-hmm. Judaism or whatever. But I'm like, if Christianity was so humanly needed like at a 
deeper level of humanistic needs, wouldn't it be as obvious as like needing food when you're hungry or water when you're thirsty? And so I think of it like in this sense where I'm like, okay, if Christianity was the way, right, why wasn't it always the way for humans? Like I feel like if 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 um, everyone was supposed to know this as the truth, then wouldn't everyone know it? Just like food is the truth to survive. Like no one needed to teach you to eat in order to yeah. know that you needed to eat. But I think that we did we did have other needs that led us to that where like birth or death when you lose somebody you're like i need i need to believe in something that tells me that this person isn't just eternally gone but i don't find that need in christianity like i i put it this way like when um like the native americans were on um the american soil right Mm -hmm. and they had their own religious idea of like more of like spirits and energies and stuff like that granted i don't know what the hell i'm talking about because i haven't like studied their religion but from what i feel like i understand from what i hear is like that's more of their realm right but i'm like they they didn't get into christianity right Mm -hmm. christianity was brought over by someone else's story so this is what i mean where like i feel like if christianity was the truth they would already know that and to me i think when you look at um a sociology sociology level of humans mm-hmm. i think that that is exactly why religion exists exactly what you brought up is that i don't feel like our brains like our brains are so sophisticated as humans that we can't think this is it right like right. When, this is it like i'm going to my job this is life once you die you're dead i feel like mm-hmm. we need a higher idea of a purpose yeah. so that we feel like when things are too tough we can keep going yeah right so i think that's where these like stories come in religion and stuff like that so i think in that sense it's great mm-hmm. um because i feel like when you think about passing what you know down to your offspring and once you're dead you can watch over them there's a sense of eternal living in yeah. that that realm and i think all of that thought is really healthy mm-hmm. and I buy into that camp because, you know, when you are dead, it sucks to think that you wasted all your time sitting in a hotel room recording a podcast <laughs> when you could have been like living life, you know what yeah. I mean? But regardless, like this is living to me, by the way, <laughs> recording, this, recording this podcast. <laughs> but um, do you get what I'm saying with yeah, that? Like, I get it. I think that's where religion definitely saves people. And I think religion's great in um, defining a moral code to live by when it comes to like as a child. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the problem with religion to me is that um, it starts casting rules on people who I was just going to say, yeah, I mean like that's a whole nother you... segment to move yeah. on to, but let's, did you want to add to that? No, um, I get it. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. I just think it was, it came from the, the need of power of power and control. And, yeah. 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 Like, I feel like that's when religion fails as a, a great tool is when you start using power of religion to, like, put different sects of people. But that's all we do control. now. Completely. That's all we do with religion now. And that's why I've turned away from it so much is because it's just used as, like, a, a tool of power struggle. Right, right. Um, and it's, like, it's thrown onto other people as, like, you are wrong for this or you are less than right. because of this. Right. Because my religion says so. Right. And it's, like... I don't care what your religion right. says. You know, that doesn't, it used to affect me when I would be like, well, but why? Right. You know? Like it's, it's how much importance you put on their religion as your moral mm-hmm. compass of like how to w- live your life. Once you start realizing like, I don't buy into that. So it doesn't affect me. Yeah. Then it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. Like, you know, coming from our experience being gay, like that rhetoric happens all the time where it's like, gay is totally. not okay. That's against, like religious things but then once you're not religious you're like okay Uh (laughs) uh-huh but like even within that same breath you say that but then adultery is bad yet they don't get Uh, chastised for that divorce all of that and it's like you can't pick and choose when you want to be a good human religious person and -hmm. then cast your judgment on someone else but i feel like everyone always likes to have power over something or someone and Uh that's their way of like reclaiming their power reclaiming their time yeah yeah um have you ever read the book um, by Justin Lee called Torn? Mm-mm. I know the song by Natalie and Brulia called Torn. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this is a really good book if okay. you are struggling with um, religion and sexuality. Um, I actually gave it to my dad to read because um, mm. I felt like it, he would get a lot from it. Um, and I think he actually did read it and it did open his eyes a lot. And I almost feel like part of that is what made him kind of move away from religion. Mm. My dad is still super spiritual, but I think the organized religion is what he doesn't buy into anymore because I think he sees the facade of like 
people get wrapped up into religion as in like almost like a corporate way of running the world Mm -hmm. right and you forget the message because you're like no this is what we need to do like this makes us this do you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i'm i'm so sorry (laughs) my brain is a little slow today i feel like you get what i'm saying but i'm like not explaining myself um i should try to explain myself because i think shane understands what i'm saying because he understands my brain but let me try to explain to you guys as (laughs) listeners that religion is almost like a business and it's like Yes, there's a lot of good foundational things that religion does, but at a certain point, the business decides what's best for the business, you know, and sometimes that overrules what realistically is needed. And so I think my dad realized that after I gave this book. So let me just explain this book. Um, Justin Lee is the author, and it's pretty much like a biography self-help book mm-hmm. where um, his parents were extremely religious growing up, um, and he wanted to be a part of the church, like, always. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad was a priest. He always felt like a very, very close connection with God, mm-hmm. um, and he, at a young age, realized he was gay mm-hmm. and um, realized that the rhetoric that he learned at his church was that gay is not okay. And he's like, I don't understand because... I know it's not a choice for me and I don't like that the community that I come from where I feel like we preach love and support. You're about to chastise me and cast me out just because I'm trying to be authentically me. Right. So when he was young, he was like, I think 16 or 17 when he came out to his parents and his dad was like, okay, great son, but you can't share that with the church, Mm. which is so annoying or like so hypocritical because you think you run to the church for safety. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, his dad was the leader of the church. So him pretty much spreading that that message, um, I think obviously his dad was trying to protect his son because he knew that it would look bad. And I don't think he did it out of like hate or like, I don't agree with what you're saying, but I think he just was damage control, you know, like, let me fix this. Mm -hmm. Long story short, um, they ended up being fine with it, came out to the church and the church did not like it. So then... Justin, as he grew older, was like, it is my job to find out what it means to me to be gay as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And so the book goes through and defines every time because they're like, okay, is it nature versus nurture? Is it choice versus um, preference or Mm -hmm. choice versus like born with it? So it breaks it down with like a whole bunch of studies, um, scientific scientific studies about um, when they could predict what was going to be gay, right? Mm-hmm. So one of them was like biological. And All it right. was saying that like um, if a woman has a lot of boys, one of them will be gay because her body produce- produces so much testosterone Test- that by the right. fifth child, um, there's not enough testosterone. So they get a little bit of more, uh, the, the child gets a little more estrogen in the mm-hmm. embryo and then they end up being gay. And the studies show that if you have a lot of boys, usually the fifth boy is gay. And I think this is funny because our friend has uh-huh. 10 brothers. Exactly who you're about to bring Our friend up. has 10 brothers. <laughs> Literally, the mom only had 10 kids that were all boys. You said only had 10 kids. Well, I was going to say only boys, but then I said yeah. had 10 kids with only boys. And um, his fifth brother, the fifth oldest, and him being the 10th youngest um, are both gay. And I was like, that is so funny. Granted, this is not like a blanket claim to every fifth sibling, but um, I just thought that was funny that that matched up. And then um, he goes into saying that like, okay, well, if it's natural, it should happen within the animal kingdom with other species. And it does. It does. Um, all over. And it's not like homosexual where like two male um, people, two male animals are having sex, but like homosexual type tendencies, right? Like where two male penguins um, try to birth a child, right. right? Like take care of an egg or like companionship between two males, like two male lions. I was going to say two male lions actually were just... Yeah, like, in a pride yeah. where the male is the dominant one and just... A, a pride of females and he's the only one and any male that comes in, he'll try to kill it to like, you know, totally um, s- stake his claim. But then they both like ran a pride together, like little two gay granddad. So, so he was just like highlighting a lot of those things. And I guess it happened within like hundreds of species where there were like re- scientific recordings of gay encounters. And so then um, he's like, with even all of this said, I'm not saying this is the way it is, but this is stuff that I found, right? Mm-hmm. And the book does a really good job at like not trying to force feed you or swing you into um, a judgment. It's just like, this is what I've learned. Mm-hmm. Maybe it can help you on your journey, right? Yeah. Which I love that. Yeah. Um, and so then it goes from that into religion. And they he talks about where it talks about homosexuals in the Bible. Mm-hmm. 
and he was like I what I needed to do was strip away the fat because a lot of the words we decide to use within our own, our own vernacular has meaning behind it right mm-hmm. there's like a story where it brought you to that word yeah. just like slang words like bay right like mm-hmm. what what does that mean but then you say before anyone else and then like they, i always forget that you know what i mean but yeah. like it creates or like lit it's like who said lit like right. why do you say tight but then there's a story that created that word so yeah. he went back um the bible's written in what hebrew is that right oh my god i don't know yeah I, we'll say hebrew I would say yes. if we're wrong we're wrong but um he looked back at every time the word homosexual came up right and he oh and the word let's say uh, homosexual in hebrew is black right mm-hmm. just say the word black yeah um every time he saw the word black he looked at what it was then translated into so sometimes black was translated into homosexual sometimes black was tra- translated into pervert um sometimes black was translated into another term that yeah. homosexual and pervert are not synonymous but through history maybe homosexual meant pervert but then now homosexual now means gay act right right? so then that's where that storyline kind of where it made sense in the past but then now the way we understand the word homosexual based off of when they used to understand homosexual it becomes a whole different meaning so Mm -hmm. it's like oh homosexual is bad is different than pervert is bad so if the translation still was the same word then you can understand yeah pervert is bad but homosexual Mm -hmm. why would that be bad and when they say pervert i think it meant more so in like thou shall not sleep with little boys not necessarily that's ironic exactly (laughs) exactly super ironic but i digress (laughs) (laughs) but um so he did that and he was just saying that like if you were to take all the words of like what homosexual was and then re- replace it with the same word. So every time you see black, change it to pervert. It completely changes the text yeah. to what it is today. And I was like, Ooh, that's pretty deep. But he's like, even still, I'm not even trying to throw that down. You know what I mean? And then I'll just leave you with this. This is like the big conclusion to the thing. He's like, I don't know what you want to believe, but for me, I looked at the Bible and thought, what is the most important thing to take away from the Bible? And it's the 10 commandments. Mm-hmm. And he's like, um, and agape love, right? Where it's like that all unconditional love where you would do anything for your neighbor just for the simple fact of wanting them to prosper and be mm-hmm. happy in life. And he was like, I felt like if I lived through those means, it wouldn't make a difference of whether I was gay or not, right? Yeah. Because all the other things are secondary. Because he was like, even Jesus said not to live through the text. Because I guess, again, I'm not too religious, so I'm so sorry if I'm like butchering this. But the Pharisees, I believed, were very... That's a good word. It sounds right. Okay. (laughs) The Pharisees were really like big on um, the text. Like it said, the seventh day of the week should be the day of rest. And it's that story where the boy fell down the well and the the dad was trying to get his boy out of the well. Mm. But it was on the seventh day, let's say Sunday, and he couldn't get it out. And the Pharisees were like, no, we have to do it tomorrow because it's the day of rest. And Jesus is like, you don't get it. Like if if it's agape love where you love this child and help them, help them. It doesn't matter, right? Mm. And so he's like, with that story and the Ten Commandments, this is what I've come to. And this is from Justin Lee. He's like, Thou shall not kill, right? That's one of the commandments. You would never kill someone you unconditionally love. Thou shall not cheat. Thou shall not steal from people you would unconditionally love. So he's like, as long as you unconditionally love someone, it doesn't matter whether they're gay, straight, man, female, transgender, whatever. You just show them that Christianity, right? That is what Christianity is to him. Is like that agape love where I will do anything for you because you are my brother, my sister, my skin, right? And I was like... That I can buy into yeah. because that covers all bases yeah, of religion. Religion was designed to help people lead better lives. To- totally. And it's turned into something so vastly different from that. But it's because of that translation. And I don't mean with yeah. homosexual, but just the way the book of the Bible is honestly from mm-hmm. men's interpretation of what God would want. But I think that's yeah. why you can get behind that basic principle of Christianity because it's just about being a fucking better person okay, exactly. and loving other people unconditionally regardless of who they are because we don't know everybody's stories or we know their stories and we want we still want to be there for them right you know right but instead we we use religion as an excuse to tear down other people and say this is why you're not as good as me right or this is why you don't have the things that i have and you won't unless you believe in what i believe in you know and it's it's been weaponized totally and it's so unfortunate too yeah because, like, think about if we did act out in agape love where it was unconditional. Literally, love would have no boundaries with between race, 
mm-hmm. gender, class, disability. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you would, if you act in love, you would always want to find out someone else's story and you would go in life having so much compassion because you would want to be like, I want to just help you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's where love, the basis of love is, is like the need to help someone empathy be better in yeah. any realm, like financially better, mm-hmm. emotionally better, you know, stronger. Um, and honestly, after reading that book, that's where I kind of base my relationships in. Mm. Um, and not, I don't mean like, my romantic relationships but like even my friendships right where i'm like mm-hmm. yeah if i want to if i love you i would want to make you happy so when you right. ask me to do something for you if i have the means of doing it i want to be there for you in totally. that way and that even goes for like when people ask for advice you know like we talked about it in previous episodes that i'm like super harsh and like mm-hmm. don't come to me if you don't want your problem solved I come from that camp where I'm like, I love you. So I'm telling you stuff that you need to hear in this moment to be better. Um, But then also I'm realizing that I'm like almost doing it for my own gain. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, well maybe sometimes what they need to hear isn't what I really need to say. It's more of just being there for them. But even still that that's an act of love, right? Where I'm Mm -hmm. like, I just want to tell you you're being stupid, but because I know that's not what you need right now, I'll just say, tell me more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like I've been talking a lot. You want to talk? <laughs> no. Um, I'm like listening to your sermon right now. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, even like, okay, so I went to, I haven't been to church in a while. Um, and I went to church with a couple groups, uh, a group of girls from Disney like a couple years ago. And this is where I was like, I can't even get behind this again. Like, again, it bothers me. And I think it's because I come from a rhetor- rhetoric mindset where I can't just enjoy it. I'm like, that's that's right. that's purposeful yeah. that you're was critiquing purposeful it. critiquing it yeah, yeah i'm like you're saying that for a bigger yep. picture like i just decode the message ethos pathos and love seriously yeah. so i was like um at i don't even remember it was a church in orange county it's super young and fun i, I know what you're talking about yeah and so i think that was one of their messages right it's like this is a cool church because it's fun and the next generation <laughs> needs a place to worship yeah and it's like super trendy like a hipster church yeah um, you get to wear whatever you want. Whatever you want. It's not about they like... They have like rock yes, band music. Exactly. Yeah. So I was going to touch base on the rock... They have Edison bulbs hanging everywhere. Um, but I was going to touch base on the rock band thing because every song would start out super slow and low where it'd be like... Just like a few chords on the guitar like... <laughs> dun, 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 dun. They're like... Our God is an awesome God. He reigns. And then he, they're singing it, right? Yeah. And then it, it takes you on a journey where it's like... Mm-hmm where they like go slow and then they just like start like singing louder and then the music the, like the lights are super dim right yeah. and then like they're singing they're singing and then all of a sudden the drums come in do 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 it's our a whole God, production is the last do 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 you know what i mean yeah. and then like it's almost like the greatest showman where it's like how that movie starts <laughs> tell me where you wanna go you know and then all of a sudden everyone's yeah. like clapping but that's what it was and then they like as the beat builds, more guitars come in, and then mm-hmm. she starts singing louder, and then she's like, come on, put your hands up if you feel Jesus in the room, and everyone starts putting their hands up slowly, and then it just, like, every time they repeat the chorus, it just gets louder and louder, and mm-hmm. that build, pretty much what you would get at, like, uh, EDC, or, like, some sort of, like, right. you know what I mean? Like, where the confetti shoots <laughs> off and stuff, and, like, it started getting bigger and about louder, 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 and then I almost feel like what they were doing was taking it didn't matter what they were singing about. No. It does not matter. No. If it was even about like, I'm a fuck that bitch. I'm a eat her pussy. <laughs> you know? And they started like, I'm a fuck that bitch. I'm a eat her pussy. I'm a fuck that. And you just get hi- like more hyped. They were like hyping you up for Jesus. Yeah. And your body changes chemically to different. Exactly. And I'm like, different. y'all are smart. Yeah. I will give you that. And that's where I was like, you are trying it right now. You know what I mean? Where like, <laughs> I was like, you are trying it. <laughs> It's funny because I remember when I felt really um, alone one year when I was living in L.A., like uh-huh. just a couple of years after moving away. Uh-huh. I like felt like I I felt homesick. It was mm-hmm. the holiday season and I was like, oh, I just want like familiarity. And I yeah. went to church. I don't remember who I went to church with, but it was a very similar style church. And I remember like I got emotional, but it was more because like. I was just familiar with, like, what they were doing. Right. And it was a sense of home, even though, like, I wasn't believing everything that they were saying, you know? And I understood what they were doing, and I 
I love that people believe in something so much that they dedicate the way that they live their lives to it. Yeah. As long as they're doing it authentically. Right. And they're not blindly doing it. Right. Yeah. And they're not doing it at the expense of other people. Sure. Um, you know, but there was like almost a sense of guilt afterwards where I was like, I don't like, I almost felt like I was taking that from other people where, um, you know, like I remember when I went to one of my siblings graduations, Uh um, because we went to a Catholic high school, we do like a full mass there. Yeah. And my mom was so mad at me during one of the graduations because by the time I was old enough to really think about all of this, I was like, I'm not getting communion. Yeah. Like I'm not going up for the cracker and the wine because I don't, I don't go to church. Right. I don't believe in this. Right. I don't like commit anything the to this. The circumstance dedicate. of yeah. like, I'm a good Catholic boy. Yeah. yeah. And my mom was like, get up. You're going to embarrass us. And I was like, you're embarrassing yourself by standing here right now. Like, go get it if you totally. want it. But I was like, let me do what I want to do. But and that's like the societal pressure of why they yeah. feel the need to. Yeah. yeah. And she was so mad that I wouldn't get communion. And I was like, actually, none of you should be getting communion, but if I'm just the only exactly. one If you're trying it. to get communion to impress Barbara, yeah. nah. Or Richard, nah. <laughs> oh my God, I have an Aunt Barbara. My grandpa's See? name was Richard. See? And I have an Uncle Rick. There it is. Um... <laughs> oh Midwest. <laughs> um but yeah, I I just don't think that people question enough why they're doing something. They're just doing it because they've always been told to do it. Right. And that's kind of what religion is, is it's so old at this point that like it's just been a tradition passed on from generation right. to generation and people don't question it until it personally affects them. Right. And so if it if you live a privileged life where you're not affected by what religion is telling you not to do. You're like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Or like, yeah, religion's great. Cause mm-hmm. it doesn't, the bad side doesn't affect you. Totally. Yeah. Until all of a sudden, you know, you're married for three years and you're like, Oh my God, I shouldn't have gotten married. Right. To this and person. then a divorce and you're like, well, was religion the right decision? Well, yeah. Or you're just like, <laughs> but I'll repent my sins and I'll, right. God will forgive me and you know, all will be good. And right. I'm like, why should anybody have to forgive you for making a decision right. that's bettering yourself? Right. You know, but again, agape love, right? Where like you would want them to make those decisions if you actually cared in a deep, mm-hmm. unconditional sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like to me, it's like if you're not killing anybody, who gives a fuck what you're doing? Right. Especially when it's like being gay. Like me, me deciding to be gay doesn't affect anyone else's life. No. So. Oh my god, I'm burping so much. <laughs> so like, why does it affect someone else when they see like a kiss from someone else? Like mm-hmm. me kissing the person I love does not do anything. It doesn't make you any less straight. Doesn't yeah. make you want to kiss us too. Like you need to look at stuff like that mm-hmm. internally, and then you decide why you're so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like religion is so. It's crazy how it had so much influence, but. It's funny because even when I was like as a young kid and we were learning about Greek mythology, I was like obsessed with Greek mythology and not because of like the theology of it, but because I like love like superhero stuff where each person has their own power. And yeah. so I saw the gods as that, like Athena, the god of war, she's like a fierce ass <laughs> bitch or like yeah. Hades, you know, and whatever. Like I like that whole like storyline of like, oh, this is cool. But yeah, then I, I loved Hercules growing up. But then like, you know, same. The Honestly, muses? Hercules, uh. Hercules is my favorite Disney movie. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because I feel like a lot of gay men say that. But I think totally. we relate to the story of like... They have like five dancing drag queens to so the entire bitch, movie. Yes. And, and Hercules like, is... I am on is my Buffett. way. Yes. <laughs> like talking about we about to go the distance. We all want to be Megara with that hair. Oh, Megara. Yes. Hercules can get it. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So <laughs> Zeus, though. Zeus can get it, too. Sorry, I'll be Hera. <laughs> About to be fucking Hercules' daddy. <laughs> um, but I remember when I was young, I was like, um, like, the way we study Greek mythology is, like, almost comical, mm. where it's, like, folklore at this point, where, like, oh, my God, could you believe that people thought that? Like, they had to kill a goat before war to, like, help them in the war. It's almost like witchcraft. Mm-hmm. But I'm like... Bitch, you're eating crackers and grape juice thinking that's really going to do anything. You know, it's all ceremonial. And I was like, and I even said, and I offended my whole class. I was like, um, I like, I think I even raised my hand and said this. I was like, teacher, do you think Greek mythology, the way we see it now is going to be how we see religion in like years down the line where we're just like, remember when people used to think X, Y, and Z. And I feel like in a weird way, the world is going that direction. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because I think for the first time, we have these generations that are questioning everything. Everything. And all of a sudden we're like, 
that doesn't make sense though. Yeah. And nobody can really provide a concrete answer as to why it makes why, sense. Why exactly? And you're like, well, then I'm not gonna like uh-huh. continue on with this uh-huh. if it's not doing any benefit uh-huh. other than you telling me that it's good. You know. And I think because we're uh, like uh, technologically, there's like so many advances as far as like communication uh-huh. between different lifestyles like with instagram and stuff you go on the discover page you'll see what they're doing in india and korea and stuff like that and you realize that there's a different way of life and they're still fine Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean they still have a good moral compass and they might not be religious in the way that you think that they should but yet they're still fine you're like well wait why am i like did i choose this for Mm -hmm. me was it given to me or was it like a divine right that i should have learned it or was i like trained to live this lifestyle and I think decisions that like that become. Yeah, I yeah. think decisions like that become your responsibility when you make that realization. Totally. I understand when you're kind of um, almost blindly moving through life, where you're like, "Yeah, it makes sense." Yeah. And then you have that realization, like, "Oh my god, maybe it doesn't." Right. Like maybe there's more to this. Maybe right. there's something different out there for me. Right. At that point, it's your responsibility to do the work to right. figure it out, and not just like fall into your your traditions right. or you know, um, recognizable situations. Uh, yeah. And I think that that's what is starting to change now for us. Right. Is we are standing up and questioning. Right. Because I think um, bringing that up of like your your personal journey is a very common thread in Buddhism. And I've read this book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let me see if I can find what this book is called because I think it actually is a really good book. It's a little bit dry. I'm going to be honest. I haven't read the whole thing because I try to read it when I'm on the plane when I like mm-hmm. want to check out for my crew. But, like, it's so dry that I, like, want to fall asleep. So I have to, like, stand up and do some shit. But by Robert Wright, and the the book is called Why Why Buddhism is True. And he just kind of comes from, like, a scientific reason of why people feel like they're connected to Buddhism. Which I was like, yeah, because I took kind of interest in Buddhism. But, like, when you hear it on a Western standard, it seems so Mm hippy-dippy. But then when you actually look at it, you're like... Wait, I could buy into that. And this is why I say this is the biggest thing is that I feel like Buddhism doesn't have it doesn't mean you need to be a you need to do this to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not like you need to, you know, mow your lawn or, you know, it doesn't tell you any of those things yeah. rather than it just says this is what experiences have told me. Take it what you will. Right. right. And run from that. Which one I like where it doesn't force you to like learn anything it's like that but i think what it is is for me it's like everyone's on their own journey Mm -hmm. and that's why i think it's good and that's why i've thought about it is when you said like if you start questioning it you should look into that and Mm -hmm. i'm like that's where buddhism kind of like rings true it's like everyone's on their own journey right we all will learn when we decide to learn yeah we will all listen when we decide to listen so it taught me (laughs) compassion in that sense where like yeah i might think someone who's saying some crazy shit might be so frustrating and like like ignorant in that moment but i'm like you know what they haven't been shown the gifts of certain situations to understand where they're falling short and i'm Mm -hmm. like but that's okay i'm glad that i did so i'm grateful for that but they will be there eventually and if Mm -hmm. they don't that's their journey and i think with that said it's like you can kind of move through the world a lot easier Mm -hmm. kind of like how you said when we start out with the fruit fly with that lady yeah with the coffee cup i'm like she's an asshole but something in her life will come where she's like fuck i shouldn't have done that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean where yeah like whatever journey she got to to the point of you interacting with her something made her feel like she needed to do that Mm -hmm. and in that compassion you're like i feel sorry for you yeah because you feel the need to be that kind of nasty person but hopefully you experience the life that i know i do to realize why that's bad you know um but yeah it's worth checking out that buddhism book it's pretty pretty deep yeah it's funny because when we talk about these specific topics, I feel like I always have more to say than I do, but I think it's because we're on the same page so much. Totally. That we, we like get... either you say it or I say it. <laughs> yeah. But the reason that I bring this up is because if anybody listening disagrees or has like counter arguments, we would love to bring it up to like talk about it more. Yeah. I would, I would love to like have a guest on a podcast which we do coming up in a few episodes. Um, But I would love to have like a guest on the podcast who disagrees with what we're saying or can try to teach us differently. Totally. Um, Because I feel like that's where I have more to say. Right. Is like when I'm, when it's more of a debate, then it's just us talking about it. Right. Because I'm like, well, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. Right, 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 right. Um, So if anybody listening would like to write into us, would like to be on the podcast for any of these topics um, that we have talked about or will talk about, please write into us. 
we would love to interact with but you. But even with that said, it's not like we're fighting on people. Like, if you believe no, in religion no, 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 or religion but I brings think that's, yeah. positivity, like, absolutely go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's why I always feel like I have more to say than I end up having to say yeah. is because I normally have more to say in situations where I'm shooting ideas back and forth right. as opposed to just, like, agreeing with the person that I'm right. talking with, right, you right, know? Right. Yeah. It's not like that back and forth dialogue, more so like, yeah, I agree. Right. Let me add the same point <laughs> one more time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was I feel like that kind of wraps it up. I don't have anything else to add. Yeah. No. Um, I think that this probably is going to be an ongoing topic just because it is mm-hmm. so prominent in our lives and our um, conversations, you know, as how we see each other in the world and religion's kind of a heavy part in American culture. So yeah. it's always good to kind of highlight mm-hmm. where we can like grow as people. But yeah, um, did you just want to end with um in season because we're kind of running long yeah you go for i was it. gonna say let's do fresh smoothies but i don't think this this episode we always try to get it under an hour but it never stays under an hour <laughs> um did you want to start or do you want me to start you go for it okay um so i was watching youtube and i got down this like hey, YouTube. so i got down this like spiral of a thing and I'll try to be quick with it even though it's always like long story short when it's long story long Um, so there's this artist called Pablo Vitar I think I could be butchering that but um, he's a Brazilian pop star who's a drag queen Okay, and he's like super famous in Brazil and like it's making so many waves in Brazilian culture which is so crazy because like people will kill homosexuals in Brazil and the cops won't do anything about it Mm -hmm. literally because it's not a big deal to them like they they're so um, conservative in that sense where it's like yeah well it's kind of like America right now but like if someone but I know what you mean yeah Yeah. like me me killing this gay person is removing scum from this earth and they would like authority would be like yeah great thank you for taking bad people off the streets you know but it's such a juxtaposition because Paulo Pablo Pop, let me see if I'm saying his name right, or her name when she's in performing mode. <laughs> Pab, Pablo, I'm gonna say Pablo. Sorry if I'm wrong. We need to do some more research when we're talking about things like this. But Pablo Vitar, um, Google it. I'm sure it'll come up um, um, of like who the actual artist yeah. is. But uh, I think what he's doing is so great because you almost like that that fearless idea of like I'm gonna do what I know is right. Sure, it might do some shit some damage in my life, but Mm -hmm. I think this is a bigger message than what I am. And, um, I was watching a video and Diplo produced one of his songs. Wow. And, um, the video starts off with the drag performer and Pablo face to face. And then they go in for a kiss. And then the so video, it's really like he's kissing himself. Wait, so it goes in for a kiss. No, pop like Diplo is there. And oh, I, Diplo. Diplo. Oh, yeah. I see. I thought you meant the male version of the drag queen and no, the drag queen no, no, version no, 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 of no. the male. So the drag queen performers okay. there, and actual Diplo, who's a man. Oh my god, is standing there, and then they go in for a kiss, and then it cuts to black before they their lips touch, and then the song starts for the video. Oh my god, I'm so into yes, and then um and mind you, Diplo, if you don't know, he's a um, DJ. Oh, yeah. I would dip daddy Diplo. But then I started getting obsessed with Diplo and I started watching all these documentaries from this video because um, uh, he's kind of open in the best mm. way possible. Not gay, but just open yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah. like the human experience. Um, but by the end of the video, they're making out. Like oh it goes back to that scene and they start making out. And I was like, I thought it was going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, gotcha. But it's like right. bait. But then when they started doing it, I was like, Yes, bitch. Like, this Committing. is the message we need. Because, like, Committing. Diplo, so many guys are like, man, I wish I could be Diplo. You fuck all this pussy, blah, 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 blah. And he's doing that. And he's like, yeah, I kissed the guy. Who gives a fuck? I'm like, yes, bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my jam. And not because I'm like, spread the gay message, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, who gives a fuck, right? Like, yeah. in that moment, he was being authentic. Maybe it was just for camera. But regardless, like, I, from what I know of Diplo, it doesn't seem like he would do that just for camera. But also, I'm like, yes, why not spread that positive message? Mm-hmm. Like, who cares, right? It's yeah. not about sexuality as much as just, like, I connect with you in this moment, whether it is just this moment. And I'm, I'm fine with that. And I yeah. loved how it was just, like, yeah, we did it. And I think, one, that's a message. But two, a message for a Brazilian artist to put out there where mm-hmm. I know Diplo is a big-ass thing in Brazil because that music is huge there. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes, you better send that message over there where they take an <laughs> icon like, oh, well, maybe it is okay if he's okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Pablo you Vitar. Into, you're into Pablo or you're into Diplo? Pablo, but the video that Pablo made with Diplo is what stand, stood out to me. But I'm so here for Pablo because I think he's such a fearless person in the community he's from. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I'll jump on the same bandwagon. Actually, have you heard of or seen the documentary Believer? Nah. So it's about um, the lead singer of Imagine Dragons, okay. who grew up Mormon. Okay. And this actually kind of also ties into our Perfect, entire conversation yeah. today. Um, it's on HBO. So if you have the HBO I have app to watch or it. you I'm can sign into it. HBO. Yeah. Um, it's actually really good because, um, oh shit, I don't remember the year that this started. But a few years ago, he started or tried putting together like a, um, a performance because he realized that the suicide rate of LGBTQ plus youth in the Mormon community was outrageously high. Um, he's like, we're losing kids in mass numbers because the church is telling them that they're not good enough. Um, and so he tried to put together basically like an awareness, um, concert. Um, and like struggled a lot with it. And like, it was this just tumultuous, um, uh, journey of like, people telling him it's not going to work or the church being like, you can't do this right. or, you know, um, and now it's turned into a yearly event that is bringing in like love hundreds it. of thousands of people every year. Um, and, and it's, it's all about it's like, like true love and acceptance. I was just going to say, it's spreading that agape love of being like mm-hmm. a human and exploring that human existence at the most basic level. Yeah. yeah. And that's all it was for him. And he was like, I was hearing from fans who were like, um, you know, I listen to your music because I know that I'm not good enough as right. a human and I know that I don't fit in and that, um, and I love that you're Mormon because you're outspoken, but I'll probably never live up to your level of, of like comfort or yeah. Yeah. Um, Openness. you know, because I'm gay right. and he was like, I just kept getting all these messages and he's like, I knew that there was something that I needed to right. do about it. I love it. Um, so believer on HBO about I'm gonna check it the out. lead singer of Imagine Dragons. Great. Well, I guess that's pretty much wrapping up this episode. That's it. Um, that's but it, I think it. just ending it with one thing is like, you guys go out there with some agape love, mm. really unconditionally be there for someone. And when I say that, it's easy to be there for someone you know, but like be there for someone that comes from a completely different experience. Cause I think yeah. one, you'll grow from that experience. And two, mm. challenge yourself. It will totally challenge yourself to be a better person. And I yeah. think that's always healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So Starting I guess off on agape love. On agape love. But again, just one more time. <laughs> Wrapping it up, I guess. <laughs> Wrapping a wrap up of a wrap up. Write us at fruit snacks pods, fruit snacks pod at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Instagram. Please like, subscribe, rate, um, review share. us, all the things, share yeah. it, because um, we would appreciate it. But yeah, hopefully, yeah. this is a very fun episode because I really enjoyed recording it. But as for now, bye. bye. Take care, guys. <laughs>